0: And you are very, very welcome to the second of Dynamo's Half Dozen with myself and the co-host with the most, Ted Irving. How are you, Ted?
1: I'm good, bud. How are you?
0: I'm very well. I'm very well. This is the second show. We didn't cancel it after the first one. And the first one seems to have been listened to. So here we are. We're here for a second, uh, second week in a row.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I am. I mean, Surprised we didn't get kicked off the air, but
0: Yeah, we didn't yet. Uh, did you get any feedback from your end? I think there was a couple of people that probably said a few bits and pieces
1: to you. Uh yeah, a couple of people said they, they enjoyed the show, they're looking forward to this one. Uh and then obviously on the main podcast mm-hmm. uh Keegan's looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that, yeah. So it's um obviously we, we did explain there on the last um episode of Dynamos Dozen. That um we would be doing a, a thing every two weeks, which is it's not a brand new concept, but I guess we'll try and make it our own. Um, in that we are going to review uh, a pay per view, a pay per view from any, pretty much any company, whether it be ECW, NWA, Mid South. Although Mid South wouldn't have done anything, pay per view no. wise, but, but big shows. you know what I mean? It can be from anywhere. That's the bottom line. Um, from any era at all and um, we're gonna take turns obviously in in um picking our uh, our pay-per-view that we both have to look at in full and try and obviously take notes and just see uh i guess bringing the listeners and ourselves down memory lane like um you know yourself probably been situations where we can speak for everyone here that you may have watched the pay-per-view live back in the day and thought it was really good but never actually sat back and watched it again. There's always sometimes little gems that you've missed. Or sometimes even a match that you thought was great and realised it was actually shit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's definitely some matches I remember I remember being a lot better than when I've gone back and watched them recently. They were they And dated. then the opposite <laughs> as well. Other ones I thought were kinda dull or boring or whatever. And then I've gone back and watched them and really enjoyed them now. So
0: you see, you can go and watch them, you know, with, with a more educated view the older you get, you know. Um at the time, if you're a young man, young girl, you're probably just cheering for your favourite, you know what I mean?
1: So now you Yeah, that's actually- if the match was good or not, as well. Sometimes if your favourite lost, the match was bad, if your favorite won, the match was good. So that 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 changes as you get older and you go back and watch it for a purely um like not analytical, but Enjoying the the whole sport rather than just who wins being your definition on good or bad. Yeah, like this isn't going to be like
0: a, a Dave Meltzer type situation where we rate it, because um, that's obviously Dave's gimmick and it works well for him. But that's not for I've always told you I'd never do a star rating on a on a on a match. It's just not for me to to do. Um, but you know, each and everyone, you know, everyone to their to their uh, to their own, each to their own. Should I say? Um, I think for us, what we'll do is more maybe we'll we'll talk about it um bits and pieces about the show itself, the match the matches, and uh I guess at the end, we can just like have a bit of fun and give it like a thumbs up or thumbs down type deal, which I think sounds pretty cool you know um one thing I wanted to mention before we started um i have to I have to do this um because it really really did make me laugh and um I don't know whether uh, it's going to come across as funny on the show as it did at the time but I was listening to um I was listening to the uh, the Radio Talk Sport you obviously everyone knows Talk Sport not for the not for the crap that they put up on the you know on Facebook and and for a clickbait but actually the the some of the shows that they have are actually really really funny you know um, there's one in particular that everyone's probably heard because there's been a couple of uh, Liverpool fans slagged in recent years with Jason Cundy and Andy Goldstein when they have some people on on the uh, on their show. I, th- I believe it's called. Oh, I can't I can't remember the name of the show itself, but they do it from 10 p.m., so it's a late show, and they get listeners to call in, and it's really really funny. But last week. And um, they had Andy Goldstein for he's actually a Manchester United fan. Do you know of him, Ted? And uh, no, I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called the Sports Bar. Have you ever heard him? No. <laughs> no. Well, he's he's a funny guy. Um, worth checking out sometimes. Okay, go on YouTube and listen to uh, Andy Goldstein and Jason Cundy. Cundy, should I say, former Chelsea player, and they they uh, they talk to some um, some fans, but they take the absolute piss out of the fans. Do you know what I mean? In a good way. Yeah. But this guy calls up and Andy Goldstein, he's actually really funny. He turns around, he pretends that he's the, do you know when you call into a talk show and you obviously have the producer asking, like, what's your question? What do you want to talk about? And they see whether the call is worth, you know, putting on the air or not. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Andy Goldstein answers it pretending that he's the producer, but this guy's actually live on air. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so he goes, "How are you doing? What, what, what's your call? What you want to talk about?" And because he, he's actually a Londoner, he's a geezer, but he put on like a real Barnsley accent. And your man goes, uh, "I just want to talk about hedgehogs." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "What about hedgehogs?" And the guy turns around and says, "Well, I'm, I'm crazy into wildlife, and I was out the other night, and there was this hedgehog, you know, out in the garden." And your man, Andy Gelson, just cuts across and goes, can you make it bat ducks? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? He goes, oh, we've got a duck team running through the show tonight, so if you can just change your story from a jog to duck, that'd be great. <laughs> so the guy is kind of, like, confused as shit, and he's just like, oh, all right. And he goes, right, so just hold on 10 seconds there. And then Andy goes back to, like, the show where he's talking to his mate, going, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, 10 seconds later, he goes, Hi, Adam, you're true to the show. What would you like to talk about? And your man goes, yeah, I had a duck in garden the other day. And he actually changed the story to ducks. (laughs) So he goes through this nonsensical story, right, about how this hedgehog was burrowing through his garden. The kind of funny side of it was that he'd actually worked your man so well that, like, he didn't even realize he was being worked, you know. And about halfway, you were... Yeah, I,
1: What was he ringing at a talk sport for on this?
0: I don't know. I think it was, a, I think they have a section where, like, for 20 minutes, callers can call in and talk about anything but sports. Do you know what I mean?
1: All like, right. So okay.
0: Something that happened during the week or during their day or something like that. So, anything but sports. So, it's kind of, it makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. But about halfway through the, the geezer's story, your man Andy goes and he turns around and goes, do you know what, mate, that's a great story, but uh if it had been about a hedgehog or something, that would have been funnier. And your man goes, That's what I said. Your mate at the start of start a call uh told me told me to do do duck, because you had duck team, and he goes, No, nah, he's winding you up, mate. We've 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 been talking about hedgehogs all night. <laughs>
1: and the dude the call,
0: Oh, man, he was just so confused. The poor chap was actually just so <laughs> confused. And he's like, no, no. And then, yeah, then Andy's like, I oh, know, I think you're telling Pokepies now, mate. I think it was a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. It's, for anyone that doesn't listen to it should check it out. Like, it's, it, The two boys are actually really funny. It's, it's good radio. Do you know what I mean? It's good yeah. radio. It's called Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. That's what it's called. So it's really good. But anyway, yeah. on to the reason that we're here. Um, the first pay-per-view that we picked, which was my pick, was my first pick, um, was a WCW pay-per-view called slamboree. Um It took place, I think it was like the 4th or 5th uh, annual <clears throat> Slamboree at the time. It took place on the 17th of May 1998 at the Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts. Total attendance at the time, for all of you uh, numbers people, was 11,592. Pretty strong crowd for a small hockey stadium at the time. Um, And Ted, I guess this was your kind of first, probably full WCW pay-per-view that you sat back and watched. Um, This
1: is the first time I've ever watched anything from WCW in full. Like I've watched skits of Jericho back in WCW. I've watched certain matches, but I'd never sat down and watched anything full WCW.
0: Okay, so that that was that was obviously exciting for you, and I guess it's I guess this concept is pretty exciting for you as well because you get the chance to go and see the good and the bad from different uh, different eras. Yeah, of different...
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's interesting, but like, I think not watching WCW coming up to this, there were certain things I didn't know, I didn't really understand. Like, I don't know what was going on in parts of this. So oh, you're yes. gonna you're gonna have to explain bits of this to me as well.
0: Oh, can do that. Like it, it's always a cluster when you go back and watch some pay per views, um, especially from WCW, as good as the wrestling and all was. You know, um, I think anyone that listens to eighty three weeks with Eric Bischoff sometimes he'll tell you uh, that yeah might have been a bit of a cluster, but but there's good points and bad. That's, yeah, uh, you know. So um, and obviously you mentioned Jericho. Jericho has a strong presence throughout this show. So you obviously took some notes from the show, yeah.
1: Yeah, I did, yeah.
0: Okay, so I'll let you open up. Um, you can kind of guide us into how the show actually opens. We've got, um, obviously, our commentary team of uh, the Professor Mike Moitone, Tony Schiavone, and the legendary Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, yeah. I think they open it strong. They definitely create excitement. Um, as yeah, no,
1: they open talking about, you know, the build-up to certain things, like certain... Things that had happened in the past, which is obviously helpful for someone who doesn't know what's going on at all. Exactly. Yeah. Um. They also introduced it as Slambery nineteen and ninety eight. They don't, it's not Slambery nineteen ninety eight. I I don't know. Was that a common thing?
0: Yeah, that was just a Tony Schiavone thing, just to try and be a little bit. Yeah,
1: different. was that just his
0: thing? Yeah, that was just Tony Schiavone's thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. So uh, w- what I picked up from them was that Brett had screwed Randy Savage in a match against Hogan at some point. Yeah, that's Um, great. That Scott Hall hadn't showed up in ages. Was he, did something happen there? Was there a reason he hadn't been around? Um,
0: He was out injured. I think it was part of the storyline was that, you know, he had gone from the NWO because at this time it was when you had the two NWO kind of factions. You had the
1: red and the white. Yeah, I I was confused by this now. Like, they had a different three factions, NWO, NWO Wolfpack, and WCW. Were WCW like a different thing to the NWOs? It was it
0: was more a thing that WCW was obviously the main company. But uh, what NWO were trying to do was take over WCW. And because Bischoff was in charge of NWO, and they were trying to just take over WCW. So they tried to make themselves their own entity. They tried to do something a little bit different. you know what I mean? Kind of like the brands do now, you know?
1: Yeah. Okay, so Sting was, as far as I can tell, he was still straight WCW. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's it, Ted. Uh, well, let's
0: <clears throat> let's get to the start of the show, and we can get into that as we go. Because um, you're, you're you're confusing me now. I'll be all over the shop if I'm uh, if I'm explaining everything. <laughs> we'll um we'll get into the show. so so you, from your perspective, the show opens, and the first thing is obviously. Eric Bischoff what happens?
1: Uh Bischoff has challenged uh Vince McMahon to a fight. Yeah. Um I I remember I do remember I don't know if I remember this from when it actually happened cuz I don't think Vince actually mentioned it back in the day. I think I just remember reading about it. Um but obviously Bischoff had come out the week before saying Vince hadn't come back to him, so he was just going to wait and see tonight what happened um so that's a bit of, it's a bit of a weird one uh but i suppose it did get ratings and it did get people watching to see if Vince had show up so it was actually kind of genius to
0: be fair yeah because it was yeah. a, a challenge if he showed up but he knew that if he didn't show up um you know the, the and he knew like we we can get onto the, the match later but um yeah it was yeah. Was a good idea, like from a from a, a business point of view. Actually, from Eric Bishop.
1: Yeah, but uh, so it kicks off. It's it kicks off with the first match of a uh, the World TV title for Benoit versus uh, Finley. And by the way, might I add, what a
0: beautiful title! I'm such a fan of those old uh, traditional titles.
1: Yeah, they look lovely. They really yeah. are, aren't they? And what a match yeah. to
0: open up with!
1: <laughs> yeah, this was. This was like a really strong start to a uh, to the pay per view because the two of these just went out and went hell for leather like they were battering each other around.
0: Oh, <laughs> they killed! You. There's a, I mean, it's a good, it's a good opening exchange. Like there's a nice bit of chain wrestling at the start. It's quick, um, and you know, the, it's just a, a nice old traditional match where it it shows that you can go fast paced, but yeah. They know how to slow it down as well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I From what I gathered, Benoit was the face here, was he? Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah, he was kind of part of the Four Horsemen kind of thing, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So, yeah, so obviously it starts with the, the bit of chain wrestling then starts to pick up from there. Um, Benoit hits him with a steel chair during this and doesn't get DQ. Is the world TV title, like, no DQ or what's the story with it? Um, no, there should be disqualification in it. Um Okay.
0: I kind of remembered that as well. And I was like, was the ref looking at it or was it a bit of a botch that the ref wasn't meant to be looking? Because I know <clears throat> Benoit got hit with the chair on the outside too. It was actually a lovely spot. We've seen Benoit do that in WWE as well. Yeah, the suicide dive to the outside with the chair. <clears throat> but the time was brilliant. Like Finley. you forget this, for anyone that hasn't seen... You know that only watched Finley when he came back in WWE because he was phenomenal in uh in WWE as well. But this is like prime Finley, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was class was his whole gimmick that they call him Fifth Finley because he played loads of sports. Yeah, yeah. That like I suppose yeah, like that would make him really fit, but true. Sure, well, like, I don't that. think he Finley was stupid, like uh do you know that he never tired or anything. I never thought it was something to do with Oh, yeah, he plays loads of sports. Well, I mean, it was, he called himself that anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: just from back in the day. I mean, you'd all kind of crazy names. But then when you hear some of the stupid names these days as well, you're kind of like, well, not much has changed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, but,
0: uh, it's kind of one yeah. of those teams.
1: Yeah, it was a really hard hitting match. And then uh, Booker T showed up. What? Was there something going on with Booker T?
0: Yeah, so Booker T. Had been the previous uh, TV champion, right? Uh, him and Benoit had a series of matches that, if anyone hasn't seen, it was a best of seven. They should go and check it out. WCW used to run like the way they do in hockey and you know, American sports or so whatever best of seven series. Oh, okay. And they used to, and it was a really cool idea. Actually, I'd love to see it back. Um, and it was only for the TV title because the TV title it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's just meant to be defended every week on TV. Um, pay-per-views and whatnot so there was a best of seven series with uh, Benoit and Booker T so they grew some real kind of rivalry from that and then there was you know there was lots of different best of seven series like there was Booker T and Finlay, Finlay and Benoit etc etc so I think the previous week Benoit had cost Booker T a match for the TV title so Booker T just came out to get a bit of a, a bit of revenge
1: oh okay right so that's, yeah, so Booker T comes out and it essentially, it does, it ends up costing Benoit this match. Yeah. Uh, Finlay picking up the win with the Tombstone, I assume that's his finisher at Tombstone driver. back then, was it? Yeah, yeah, bit of a throwback to Dynamite Kid, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah so I, I really enjoyed that match. Uh, I wasn't expecting something that good for the start of their pay-per-views.
0: Really good, really good, strong opening to a pay-per-view. Kind of the way a pay-per-view should be done always. Do you know what I mean? Um, TV title is always a title I thought WWE dropped the ball with that they could have actually used because it is a good concept. Now, it was a very Southern concept, albeit, because TV title has been around since, you know, the, the Crockett days and stuff. But I've always enjoyed the idea of it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. it, makes, it makes sense. It's a nice belt. It gives someone a chance. It's almost on a smaller scale to the intercontinental title. It gives someone a chance to be on TV and kind of build their characters, etc. And you can always throw young up and coming guys within the mix. So I think it's a really, really cool belt, really beautiful belt, as we said.
1: Yeah, um, well, that was, so WWE kind of when John Cena had the intercontinental title, kind of worked it as a TV title, like he was defending that every week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, do- with the concept but without. That title name on it, yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> but I've uh, I've always been a fan of it. I always thought WCW's belts were absolutely beautiful. WWE's some of WWE's old ones were you know in the same bracket, but um, oh, yeah, the
1: old like eagle,
0: pref- yeah, the winged eagle. Oh, beautiful. I just prefer the older style titles. I think everyone, most people, even the younger generation, prefer the old style titles, you know, um,
1: they just look more um prestigious. I think these other ones look a bit. Cartoon. Well, these new
0: ones look like it. It could be a belt that fucking Kim Kardashian wears to hold up her trousers on a night out. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so, anyway, um, so yeah, that was a really match. Like that's definitely a thumbs up for me. Anyway, that match for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed that, and that like this being the first like WCW show I'm going to watch in full. This was a really good start into it, um, and yeah. it's followed by a little. Little segment with Jericho. He's over at this. It, it's not the announcers' booth, but it's like a little mini announcers' booth, hidden off in the corner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's a nice little uh, thing just to give him a little bit of uh, talk time. This is when he's in full uh, conspiracy mode, and he's con- he's convinced everybody is uh, conspiring against him. Uh, classic, classic stuff from Jericho. I love him.
0: Yeah, like, this was kind of... This is just before the full-on conspiracy. This is kind of just leading up to it. And, yeah. Uh, in fact, this this match, obviously, is what caused Jericho to become a lunatic. So, yeah, I mean, I knew... I It's kind of one of the reasons I picked the pay-per-view as well, because I knew you'd get to see Jericho in his absolute prime as he was... Do you know what I mean? In WCW, and what kind of really put eyes on him.
1: Yeah, um, see, I watched most of that, but, like, yeah. not in, in a show format. I've just watched... Jericho,
0: sure, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, So that was was a really cool segment, and he's got his coffee and stuff like that. So he's he's yeah, uh, yeah. This is just this is just classic stuff from Chris Jericho, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Then the second match was Brian Adams versus Lex Luger. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't really want to talk too much about this. Like, to, yeah. Yeah. it's just kind of it's just there, like.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's Lex Luger, you know, he's one of those kind of enigmas that people always talk about and what could have been, what should have been, et etc. Et Brian Adams was obviously crush. He was also, um, Kona crush. He was in the, uh, he was in the demolition when he first came to the WWE he obviously had singles runs. He was really good friends with macho man, Randy Savage. He was a good, good, decent, big guy. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say the match was bad. It's just, you know <laughs> It's very sloppy. Lex Luger There's no way Lex Luger can carry a match. Do you know what I mean? Uh um, yeah. It
1: was just kind of there. Um and maybe there was more like maybe had I've been watching, you know, the build up and stuff, maybe i have been more invested. But just as a standalone match, I was kinda of like, Yeah, this is just to to get it on the card really, to just have something here and the fact that the um, commentary team were starting to question if Scott Hall had shown up at the building yet kind of showed that maybe there wasn't a whole lot of interest in this at all.
0: No, there was no there was no build-up to it. There was no real kind of... It was just another crush as part of the NWO. Oh, Virgil Vincent showed up. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously the instigator of, of all wrestling, as you know, Vir- Virgil yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, without without him, there'd be no WrestleMania, as as everyone knows.
1: Yeah, uh, this was a thankfully fairly short match, um, cause there wasn't really a whole lot going on in it. Just I, like I suppose, if you like the two kind of big guys just hammering into each other, which can be good sometimes. Like this match was good, but uh, after that first match, it just kind of I suppose that they they wanted to pace the show a bit, and that was a bit of a slowdown on it.
0: Well, I suppose now that you've kind of said it like that, maybe, maybe it's not a full-on um, thumbs down. Um, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Like it was, it was good for what it was. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it was just, it was just there. Luger picks up the win by uh, the torture rack. That was kind of it, really, and um, didn't seen. seem to go anywhere, anywhere from there. So. Yeah,
0: and then we move into <laughs> the cruiserweight battle royal. Um, yeah. I'll let you take the lead on this one, Ted, because I'm I'm interested in hearing.
1: Okay, first of all, what were they like? They, they're doing a battle royal, right? Was it just something that they didn't want it to be the same as the Royal Rumble, where they where they needed to add some weird stipulation so that it wasn't just over the top rope? Was that just something that they needed to do so they were a bit different from, from Vince's uh, Royal Rumble?
0: It's possibility. I mean, like, uh, funny enough, a lot of um, a lot of the battle royals back in the day actually kind of were like that, you know. Um, so it of was. Kind of-
1: yeah, it was weird because they said pinfalls counted, right? Who's going to have time to do a pinfall? And then they said as long as your two feet touched the ground, but well, you didn't have to go over the top rope for that to count. So like, sliding out under the ring would have eliminated you. Yeah, pretty much. Well, no one's going to do that if they know that that's the rule. That, what? Yeah.
0: Well, it just means that you've got to stay in the ring and don't get pinned.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, fair enough, I suppose. Uh, that, it was weird, but yeah, fair enough. Um, this started off brilliant with Jericho deciding he was going to be the one to uh, to announce people as they came in. <laughs> yeah. He was given odds. This guy has a five and ten chance. This guy has a zero. Zero and ten chance. He was right. That guy had a zero and ten chance. He didn't win. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and cla-
0: this is classic Mike work, Jericho. Like this is just this this yeah. is what over Jericho, yeah.
1: There was there was some stuff he came out. I can't remember it off the top of my head now. I should have written it down, but there was one one guy came out and he was like, Who is this guy? Does anybody know him? Well, he's not winning anyway. Um yeah. Oh, and there was one guy who was called, like, uh, the Silver King or something like that. That's Silver King that died recently in London. Yeah, that's Silver King. Yeah, Like, 10 more wins and he'll be upgraded to Gold King. That's just... (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He never got those 10 wins, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. There was some pretty, uh, like, some pretty big names in this from WCW's time, like, Psychosis and stuff were in this. Juventud. Juventud um, Guerrero, yeah. So there, it wasn't like, some of the people were obviously just little jokes or just to fill up the numbers, but they did have some people that, you know, you could have expected to win. Um, oh, yeah. This match is kind of, like, I kind of already spoiled it on myself because I've, as I said, I watched loads of Jericho stuff, so I kind of knew the ending of this one already. But I'm sure if if I hadn't seen it, and I've been watching WCW. This would have been a really good, uh, like, good pop at the end of it because the crowd really loved it. Yeah, um, 100%. there was a lot of people going to the top rope in this match. Uh, really bad idea in in a match where if you get knocked to the outside, you're eliminated. Don't know what like they're jumping up to do Frankensteiners and clo- top rope clotheslines. Risky business. A lot
0: and, of Mexicans, uh, lot right
1: of Mexicans in there. Mexicans
0: are yeah, used to risk, risks, in. so. Didn't um, work out for Yeah, the, 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 Mexica, the Mexican luchadors, they like taking that high risk, you know?
1: Yeah, Psychosis also just threw himself out of the ring. He ran at somebody who was in the corner. They moved. He jumped on the second rope and then jumped out of the ring. Uh, I mean, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't his finest idea, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, get down to the final two, which is Hooventude and uh, the Pumpkin Man. Cyclope. Yeah. What was it? Cyclope. Is that what it was? I, it, but, uh, yeah, Hooventude and the Pumpkin Boy. And then Hooventude just shook his hand and then jumped over the top row.
0: Which was a, Which there's a backstory to that. When you look at it first, you're going, what the hell is happening? Jericho yeah. ha- Taking the piss, obviously, out of all the luchas, and obviously being given, you know, Dean Malenko a horrible time. calling his calling him Bor, calling his dad Boris of like a couple of weeks after he died, and yeah. <laughs> it was kind of it was good backstory. And I gotta say, just looking back at it, there, it was
1: actually genius booking, to be honest. Um, really really But why would Hovantio have jumped out of the ring? Why would he give away this chance at a title shot? Yeah,
0: well, I think he's uh, maybe maybe Dean paid him paid him off and said, "Listen, I'll give you a shot after this." So I don't know. What does he?
1: Does that mean that he knew from the start that Dean Malenko was in there? Oh, it does. Yeah. Did they all know?
0: Um, no, I'm not sure, but I know I know the top guys. Was, the
1: was Jericho right the whole time? Were they all in on this? Maybe Jericho was right. He was right. They all knew that Dean Malenko was in that match. They let him win.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, he... to eliminates himself. Dean Malenko takes off the... Or Pumpkin Boy takes off his mask and it's Dean Malenko. The crowd went oh, insane boy. for that. Yeah. They were insane. They were loving the fact that he was back. Um, it, was, it was genius. Yeah. And it went straight into... Jericho versus Malenko for the cruiserweight title. After that, um, the, the crowd was going mental for this match. Obviously, like I know what Jericho was doing with Malenko from watching that, but um, he'd been given Jer- he'd been given Malenko a horrible time about his dad, claiming he was the man of a thousand and four holes. Um, so obviously, that's why the crowd. I understood why the crowd was so into this match.
0: Yeah, it really was incredible. It was great work, great work from Jericho. Great work from from obviously Melenko. He really he really sold it well, actually, Malenko. And this is probably like Melenko at his peak as well. Like this is I mean, he went straight for Jericho. There was none of this fancy, fancy stuff. He really sold the anger part of it well.
1: Um, yeah, just went straight in, battering Jericho. There was no technical submissions, no nothing. It was just fists and boots and knees and elbows and anything he could hit him with, really.
0: All right. So, obviously, Dean Malenko um, picks up the W here, gets uh, by the Texas Cloverleaf.
1: Yeah, Oh, he had that locked in tight as well. You know, you really believe that there was a reason, like you see some people put on that Texas Cloverleaf now and there's kind of similar to when Brett used to do the sharpshooter. You know, yeah. sometimes you put it in now, and it just doesn't look that doesn't look that strong, doesn't look that painful. Yeah, really painful when Jericho was uh, locked up in this.
0: Yeah, Malenko and and Brett really kind of cinched in their kind of holes and made it look really sore. Yeah, yes.
1: Um, yeah, that was really good, and that brought us up to kind of the first hour of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, a good good first hours like I enjoyed the first hour the one match I wasn't really mad on but then the other I suppose the other three the over the top being its own type of match or not over the top the battle royal not over the top anyway out of the ring battle royal not over the top wrestling yeah it was just any any wrestling and you were out essentially or eliminating yourself
0: yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: but, uh, yeah, it moved us on to a, a cage match. Yeah, yeah. This was just a Hell in a Cell, or a really low Hell in the Cell. Because they had the top covered and everything.
0: Yeah, it was like uh, Hell in a Cell before there was Hell in a Cell, kind of. In and around the same time, actually.
1: Yeah, I think I think the original Hell in a Cell was just before this thing. That was 97, wasn't it?
0: That was Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, wasn't it? Yeah, that was 97, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're correct, yeah. Yeah.
1: But they, they just called it a cage match. And uh, they explained that the reason they put this roof on it was because Raven had been attacked a week before, or a couple of weeks ago by a fan, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that explains why that's there. So it's Raven versus uh, DDP in yeah. a, a last man standing match but yes. in a cage
0: yeah anything goes
1: yeah okay um yeah so um really fast like they just there's two um two bins tied up at the part of the cage um i don't know why they have bins there but
0: well raven's rules That's yeah better.
1: so raven has these bins there and he just starts throwing DDP into them and then pulls out a lot of weapons Um, and then there was a lot of unprotected headshots in this which I know back then was probably quite common but uh, it's kind of cringy seeing them now yeah yeah most definitely it was a it was a yeah like it's not that I don't like seeing the unprotected headshot because it does add something but seeing that many of them and knowing the outcome for some people, for this, yeah, it's a bit. I wouldn't say I was like queasy at watching it, but it's just like I'm like, oh Jesus! I know, I know what happens when you do that too many times. Yeah. It was. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a really, really hard hitting match, hardcore style that Raven kind of liked doing. I don't think DDP was overly big into that sort of match, was he? No, not
0: necessarily, but he was able to kind of... DDP was quite adaptable, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. He did really well in it, but just he, he wasn't known for working with uh, hardcore gimmicky matches, was he? No, not really. Around this time, he kind of started to do
0: a little bit. Um, oh. But, but no, it wouldn't have been his, uh, his forte,
1: no. Yeah, okay. Now, they're just they're scrapping away anyway, and then there's a ref bump. DDP runs into the referee. Silly man. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, especially with Raven's flock hanging around. You know, you, you don't want to be giving them a chance to come out.
0: You, but, you, uh, you don't really want the flock getting involved, you know, or give them an opportunity to get involved, which is what, what DDP done here. Yeah, he, he, he kind did. of
1: put his foot in his mouth here a little bit. He did. But uh, they come out and they get attacked by some other guy who... uh Raven had like a riot squad I scored him to the ring um, and then one of them attacked all the flock guys I don't... what was that about? Yeah it's
0: just uh, they, 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 not a lot of uh, Raven stuff um, the flock stuff anyway always made sense <laughs> it was just... Oh
1: sorry was, the, the riot squad didn't attack them then sorry it was um, I'm not definitely not the riot squad from WWE, WWE nowadays <laughs> it wasn't then Nope, it no, it wasn't. Them. It was this like hired riot gear squad, right? But it wasn't them. Some other guy crawled out from under the ring and attacked the the flock first. Yep, and then he got beaten up by that that riot squad. And then the flock got in and started scrapping with a DDP, um, who kind of fought them all off and just started hitting diamond cutters on anybody anybody that moved really.
0: Anybody and everybody,
1: yeah. And then Raven hit DDP with uh, I think his finisher was some sort of DDT, wasn't it? it was called the Even Flow, yeah. Tribute. Okay, so truly to uh, to Pearl Jam there, but um, yeah, he hits him with that and then hits him with a Diamond Cutter and gets uh, a really long nine count, and then then DDP hits him with a diamond cutter and they boat down until the nine count and then DDP kind of stumbles up to uh, to win the match which is a good way to end a last man standing match yeah DDP they, sold it well um, I thought thought he, he kind of yeah a last man standing match two people should really be putting everything into like you're trying to keep somebody down for a count of ten so You should kind of be tired by the end of it. And if they've got any offense in, you know, especially since GDP was getting battered around here for a while, of course, he's not going to be able to get straight up at like after hitting the diamond cutter. So I I thought that was a really, really good, smart finish to, uh, to that match.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty good match to be fair. Um, Better than being, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And then, then some guy came out and started attacking, the um the flock, uh, I don't really know who he was, but they said he was a former re- member of uh of the flock. I, I assume he just got kicked out by Raven. Yeah, there was loads of them, so yeah, he probably probably just surplus the requirement there. He had enough guys, uh, too many mouths to feed. You're out, man. And he's a big guy, so he probably ne- needed a lot to eat. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Like, cheaper to feed Billy Kidman, who's only a small little guy, than that big guy. Yeah, um,
0: Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, he was big enough. He was two Billy Kidmans, basically.
1: Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants to feed three Billy Kidmans. You've already got one. You don't want to feed two more. No, 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 no. Not at all. So, I think, yeah. yeah. And then it turns out
0: the big reveal is that it's none other than Canyon.
1: Oh, that was Canyon, was it? It was Canyon, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It I was. Didn't really that was Canyon.
0: Yeah, it was Canyon looking only as he could look back then. Yeah. So uh, it was a a nice little. It was cool to see Canyon back then. Um, I mean Canyon. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of people like Canyon. A lot of um, it, it, quite an underrated wrestler, I would say.
1: Yeah, he he does. A, he has Raven locked up with a, two sets of handcuffs at the end of this and drills him in the head with a steel chair. Another big, unprotected chair shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Raven, Raven was well capable of them and it's turned out all right for him, thankfully. So, Yeah,
0: and it's crazy when you look back at Raven how youthful he looked. He looked well, didn't he? He looked really well back then. Yeah, not anymore. He looks old now. Oh, well, he is old. He is old. But he's doing well. He's in the performance center as well now.
1: Oh, yeah. Not to say getting away from him, but uh, all those chair shots clearly uh, clearly aged him. Yeah, yeah. Which leads us in then to another match
0: you probably weren't expecting, which was the great Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Ultimo Dragon, another personal favorite of mine. Um,
1: Yeah, Ultimo Dragon was with WCW. Yeah,
0: that's kind of, a little bit where he made his name,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah, I didn't know he was in with them, but yeah, I was I was happy to see these two out because I knew from seeing these two this going to be a great match. And one thing,
0: just a side note, obviously the story is that Eddie's kind of, you know, has control over Chavo and Chavo's going a bit loco, going a bit crazy and he can't hit him or anything. So that kind of has a big part of the story. But another thing to notice is how much smaller Eddie was back then. Yeah, he well, was a cruiserweight. He put on some.
1: Yeah,
0: he had to he had to hold that weight limit, you know. Yeah, it's true. I think Jericho forgot about it, um, but but definitely. Eddie. So yeah, Guerrero and Ultimo Dragon. Um, what did you think of this match? I mean, you kind of knew from the start it was going to be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, this is a class match. I always was going to be with uh, with Eddie Guerrero and Ultimo Dragon in it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, it just had a really like real technical start again, as you like you kind of expect from the two of these. Um, lots of uh, well, I was gonna say arm drags, but they weren't arm drags. Lots of arm bars and reverses and things like that. I really, I love that as the start of a match because it allows you to not that it's slow, but it allows a build to a faster pace that you're always going to get with these two.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's you said it best. That's the best way you could say it really.
1: Um Yeah, so like what was the story with Chavo? You were saying that like obviously he couldn't uh he was having issues with Eddie, but they were saying that the commentary team were saying that Chavo would have been cheering for Ultimo Dragon here. Is there a reason he would have been Yeah, because
0: Eddie Eddie had been bullying him like and just not letting him kind of get any spotlight and basically okay. run around as his errand boy because he
1: was his little cousin, you know? But why, what was it, was Ultimo Dragon like fighting for Chavo's freedom or something in this? Yeah, yeah, that's right. If
0: um, if Ultimo Dragon had a beaten um, Eddie Guerrero, then the stipulation was that Chavo could, could go on his own, yeah. It was like a little contract type thing they don't.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So that's, yeah, that, that kind of clears up why uh, Chavo was cheering for him then. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There was really, there was really, really nice spot on this where Eddie Guerrero went for, uh, a, the, the frog splash, his big, uh, big finisher. Yeah. And, uh, Ultimo Dragon, like, manages to lock in the Dragon Sleeper on this. Uh, I think Eddie missed and then when he gets up, Ultimo Dragon, locks in the Dragon Sleeper. Um, and then Eddie reverses that out into his own dragon sleeper. Yeah. And pops his foot up on the rope for leverage, which Chavo like just knocks his feet off the ropes. Um, genius. Yeah, and then Eddie starts giving them giving him a few slaps. Didn't They're like that. Slaps as well. Yeah, giving him a few slaps, around. Te- teach that young boy a lesson. Don't don't mess with me. It too right. Um and then well while Eddie's slapping Chavo around, Ultimo Dragon comes up for a, a sneaky attack. And uh he misses and uh hits Chavo and then Eddie Eddie beat him with the big with the big frog splash from the top.
0: Very, very um, very meticulous from Eddie.
1: Yeah, that's that's what that's what you get for being sneaky. You can't yeah. be sneaky against Eddie Guerrero, he's he's the ultimate sneaky guy. I mean his t
0: shirt said cheat
1: to win for God's sakes. Yeah, he was he, he had the sneakiness in his head and he knew he knew Ultimo Dragon was gonna try and be sneaky and he, he planned for that. His tactics were perfect. His tactics Yeah, you can't you can't beat him. You can't beat him in the sneaky game. No, definitely not.
0: So Eddie obviously gets the win.
1: Uh, uh I guess Charbo as his little errand boy.
0: Yeah, which brings us to a shot of a, a very special uh, star dressing room. And it has... Well, actually,
1: just before it goes to the star dressing room, Chavo, Chavo then batters Ultimo Dragon around. Yeah. He's not happy about this. Uh, was was he not happy about Ultimo losing? Or was he not happy about getting punched in the head by Ultimo Dragon? Well, he when, was uh...
0: annoyed that, that Ultimo Dragon didn't uh, do him the favour. Like...
1: Yeah, so he then beats him around, and then Eddie, Eddie stops him doing that, which was weird. I don't know, did Eddie just not want Chavo beating people up? He just he just wanted to show that he can control him. Yeah, just just to annoy. Oh, him. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then yeah, then we go off to our uh, our star dressing room. Yeah, uh, to see to see if uh, if Vince McMahon has shown up. Yeah, he hadn't. Well, we didn't know that at this time. He could have been in
0: there, for all we know. Yeah, we hadn't seen him. We hadn't seen him. We hadn't seen him go in there, but we'd seen that it was it was and I'm sure it was a lovely dressing room. I'm sure there was a lovely spread and everything.
1: Yeah. But uh nice stakes and everything in there.
0: Yeah, Eric wouldn't have held back on expenses just to make sure that Vince was hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, well
1: oh. he wants to win that. Yeah.
0: He wanted to win Fair and Square? He wanted to bring his martial arts game versus the the uh whatever Vince does.
1: The raw power of Vince McMahon. Did you ever see that lad? He's jacked. The raw power, exactly, yeah.
0: Because bodybuilders would always win fights. You know that. That's a fact. Well, they'd win they'd win the raw power fights. The raw power fights, yeah. They just wouldn't like get kicked in the head too much. Yeah, like they wouldn't like getting kicked around. No, no, no. So, so uh, so we go we go then we go to another match that you probably knew was on but probably didn't expect either, which is two kind of absolute legends of the game. Um and it's it's obviously built as a grudge match um between obviously Bret Hart and uh Macho Man Randy Savage. So it's say... Was
1: there Perry Saturn versus Goldberg was before that, wasn't it? That's
0: right. That's right. I had so much respect for Goldberg at the time that I forgot about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. My apologies.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's Goldberg. Uh, so I I knew Goldberg was going to be on on this somewhere, uh, yeah. but I was expecting was this at, to be
0: seven and oh. I do actually have it down here. I just skipped ahead there. Yeah, by so my,
1: 80, eighty-seven and oh, he was at this point. Good Goldberg there. How big was... Goldberg was fucking huge, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And the crowd was still loving him at this point. There was still no... uh, No boredom in this. And it wasn't... To be
0: honest, it wasn't actually a bad match. And again, we go back to... um, We go back to the belts. There's
1: the original United States title. What a beauty. What a beauty. Yeah, lovely title. I was expecting this to be like a... Because I'd always thought Goldberg's matches in WCW were just quick... Kind well, but of one and They usually were. Yeah, so that's that's what I was expecting when I seen Goldberg coming out here, and I wasn't too happy about that because uh like Perry Saturn doesn't really get talked about that much, but I love Perry Saturn. Very underrated band, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was class, and even like even in uh WF when he first came in, I thought he was class before he went mental and fell in love with that mop. But that was funny, so I still enjoyed that. It's a nice mop though. It Was but uh, they had like a small technical start to this match,
0: yeah. Which I, I don't think
1: I've seen Goldberg do. no, but the commentary was really big enough about Goldberg learning new moves and stuff. So they'd, they'd obviously decided that having these uh quick jackhammer or spear jackhammer matches was uh, they'd realized that this was going to wear thin eventually and had started trying to move them forward a bit, which was which was smart Because if if people got bored of them, then. They lost the commodity of them. Sure, exactly.
0: Actually, just a quick, uh, just a quick shout out to the commentary team. I thought they were a great team. That 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 shows that a tree that's one of the rare times that a three man boot actually works. Do you know what I mean? I thought they were really good. Like um, Tony chaval only- underrated commentator. Obviously, Bobby the Brain, kind of towards the tail end of his stuff, and Mike tenney always comes in with like good little bits of wisdom as to you know. I mean, I thought they all served a purpose in in their commentary role, and I thought they really done done a done a good job. Like,
1: oh yeah, they did, and I think the main reason for that is, as you said, like Bobby Heenan was kind of coming to the end of his stuff there, so he wasn't trying to talk too much. He was kind of leaving it to the other two lads mainly. Exactly, and he just come with bits and pieces here, like he wasn't. They weren't trying to make it out as if all three of these were equal on the commentary desk. It was yeah. just kind of there was three people there and. You know, they didn't all have to be saying something all the time. Like, you could go 20, 20 30 minutes and Bobby Heenan would have said nothing. Exactly. And then out with two or three lines to remind you he was there and then back to the other two guys. So, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Shivani is actually a very, very underrated play-by-play guy. I mean, he's probably not underrated as such, but he definitely, he, he was... A- yeah, definitely forgotten. Like, he's actually really good. And even Jim Ross says that. Like, they're really good friends. Jim Ross always says that Shivani was one of his favourite guys to listen to, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Which is big praise coming from what many believe to be the best
0: play-by-play
1: for, guy. For sure, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, so Perry Saturn hits some pretty big moves. He hits a big spinning wheel kick from the top rope. Uh, which you don't like, you don't really see spinning wheel kicks much anymore, but you never really seen them from the top row. No, that was pretty cool. Uh, but then in the end, it was same old, same old spear, jackhammer, big three count. Yeah, uh, people loved that. You know, Goldberg was still on the up and up, people still loved him, and uh, he went on to win another hundred and something matches, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without all
0: legitimately as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, they all all wrestled. Sometimes he was wrestling twice a day because he oh, yes. beat someone. something yes. the only yes. way you could numbers
0: not inflated. Sometimes he would just go to the go to the shop, the local shop, and he'd have a wrestling
1: match on the way, and
0: then that that counted. So
1: yeah. yeah, well, if a fan you know fan was hassling him, you'd hit him with that spear, jackhammer, and get the one, two, three. That that's a number up, you know. Well, too right, like twenty-four-seven, baby. Yeah, no messing around. No. Um, there was another match before Brett versus Randy as well that I think uh, was easily forgotten because there was, was Bischoff versus Vince McMahon. And this was an epic. This was an epic. Yeah, now I actually, I timed this, right? And just because I was interested because obviously they've they've come out and Vince isn't, Vince isn't there. They cut a little promo about just taking hot shots at Vince, right? But then they ring the bell to give him a te- to give him the ten count, right? If there's ever a time where you could just do a proper ten count, this is it. It took fifteen seconds for them to count to ten here. I know. What, like, you know, I could understand if they're going to slow it down to build up the suspense, and then Vince McMahon comes out, but he was never coming out. And they have to have known this at this point. Like, he hasn't showed up yet. What they think he's just going to randomly show up? Well, um, Bishop was
0: hoping. B- Bishop was hoping.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's, like, I know that's really petty to have uh, counted, but it took, like, 15 seconds for them to do that 10-second count. They could have just, you know.
0: Well, I think they knew that Vince had a bad back around that time. Uh, oh, so they thought maybe was just a bit slow walking, was it? Like saying, Valentine's Day massacre and all, they knew he'd fallen. And, uh,
1: oh, uh all right, they're just giving him a bit of extra time then, maybe. I think so.
0: I, I think they were trying to be accommodating. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously they they dropped a lot of money on the swordfish sushi that they left backstage and probably thought, you know. Maybe he was doing that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So they did give him a chance. And unfortunately, Vince didn't show up. Uh, he, he'd rather rack-
1: yeah. play his music, though. Maybe, maybe if they played his music, he'd have known it was his time. Maybe <laughs> he just didn't know. Maybe that's the only way Vince can
0: actually fight when he hears that no-chance music.
1: Do you know what I mean? Maybe he just doesn't know. Like, he he was too busy eating a swordfish, and he was like, oh, when they play my music, I'm definitely going to go out there. But then they didn't didn't do that.
0: And we have to add in this that uh, Vince sent a legitimate uh, solicitor's letter to... uh...
1: Yeah, they read that out the week before, saying that he definitely wouldn't be there. Yeah, it was kind of like...
0: It was really well played, I guess, on Bischoff making Vince look like a bitch. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. I ran with it uh, too well at the end, anyway. But he probably, Vince probably was kind of giving the heads up, like, listen, this guy is like a couple of time uh, world, you know, champion in actual fighting. So you might not
1: want to go pay per view and even, yeah. But even if Vince thought he could beat him in a fight, he wouldn't dare. He wouldn't have gone. It's just. That's just putting money in somebody else's pocket. Oh yeah,
0: of course, of course. But yeah, no, legitimately, Vince, Vince would have got beaten up again anyway. So it would have been, it would have been stupid you know, on both sides of the fence, exactly. But it was, it was fun. It was fun, definitely. Um,
1: yeah, I back at that time, it would have been, um, you know, like obviously because I knew I knew Vince wasn't going to show up because that would have been a big story if it, if he had. Oh, from but, me, uh, watching it go, whoa, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, if you, didn't, if you didn't already know the outcome of uh, what was happening there, then yeah, especially if you're in the crowd, I'd say counting down and hoping, like just hoping Vince would show up yeah. would, have been a, would have been a great experience. Yeah.
0: So which which I made the mistake the last time, which leads us into the next match. I'll let you go now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's this one is, this is the one you were talking about, Bret Hart versus uh, Randy Savage. Roddy Piper as the special guest referee. How good did Piper look? He looked trim, didn't he? Yeah. he would. How old was he in this?
0: Jesus, Piper was... I mean, he would have been still old enough. I mean, don't forget, Brett still looks absolutely great here and Macho looked great. And I think Macho was pushing 50, whereas Brett was probably about 41,
1: 42. Yeah. You can kind of tell Macho, you could see Macho was looking a bit... a bit on the wrong end of the... The years, but his body was in phenomenal shape. Body wise, he was in phenomenal shape, but you could see kind of that you, you could see he was Asian, but like that happens to everyone, I suppose. But yeah, Roddy Piper looked like he could, like he was like in his 30s or something here.
0: Yeah, Brett obviously looks great because you're still talking a year after Montreal, so he was still obviously in prime condition,
1: you know, top, tip top shape at this point. Yeah, yeah, but um, so Brett. Brett is, like, part of the NWO in this. Yeah. Helping Hogan. Then Savage is part of the NWO. But that's the other NWO, is it? Um, That's right, yeah. And then Roddy Piper hates both of them? Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> he's WCW. Okay. okay, so he's WCW. Okay, grand. So, um, yeah. Weird thing here was they brought out they brought out Bret Hart, then Roddy Piper, and then the Macho man. That that's a weird way to do it.
0: Yeah. You would have thought that the special guest ref would come out first.
1: Well, he either comes out first or he comes out last, not in, in between them, I yeah, suppose. Exactly. But it's what maybe maybe that makes sense because he's you know, he's the he's the one that's in between the two of them the whole time. There you go. Maybe maybe that's what they were thinking, but it doesn't really come across that way. It just comes across as kinda of weird. Sure, yeah, yeah, Um, but uh, yeah, it's it just starts off with Brett doing the classic heel move of just rolling out of the ring, yeah. Um, uh, Piper just goes out and throws him back in, yeah. So that's that's a really good tone for what sort of referee Piper's going to be in this. He's going to be very hands hands on, and you know, yeah, yeah, no nonsense, like, right you're breaking the rules i'll just say, i'll hit you a slap and that'll that'll be the end of that. <laughs> yeah. or Brilliant. Then he didn't really care about rule breaking at all. He just kind of let it go.
0: Well that's piper. He's a fighter. He's like do what you want.
1: Yeah? Yeah. So they um they're just kind of scrapping each other. They're not he, piper's not really doing count outs. He's not doing any he does the count on the ropes and then breaks it up but then yeah, he's a bit lenient on that. Like, if you got to four or five, he just didn't really care. But uh, they end up scrapping out into the crowd, and uh, Savage, uh, Savage had a knee brace on in this. I assume there was an injury or something before this that they were work that was being used. Yeah, yeah. Had he been off it, off TV or something for a while with a knee injury or?
0: Had a knee injury a while back, yeah, because Brett had attacked the knee before. Uh, Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So he's wearing that, and Brett Hart is obviously, obviously targeting it. Why wouldn't he? You know, favorite part of the body to target. Yeah. Well, one, it's his favorite part, and then two, he, like, he's wearing a knee brace, so you know it's weak. Yeah. Yeah. Got a weak body part. You know, it's like when someone wears out a tape over their ribs. You always work the ribs. You know, that guy's weak there. You, you've already got, you've got an advantage. Why not, why not take advantage of that? Well, someone's basically telling you, yeah, I'm hurt here. I, aim for this place here. Yeah, yeah. Um. And as you said, Brett would have been working those legs anyway for locking in a sharpshooter. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's scrapping around, He targeting that leg a bit and then he hits a, a nice pile driver. You don't see many of them nowadays, but they were a bit more common back then as well. Actually a beautiful pole driver, yeah. 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 You get the two count and he's not he's not happy with that, so he gets up in uh some Piper's fates. Um and then that, obviously that costs and Piper ends up uh, getting getting a bit of an advantage here he's he's been given time to get up and Brett has his back to him, so Piper gets into control then. Or not Piper. Sorry, Savage gets into control then. Yeah. Uh, silly move by Brett, obviously fueled by his hatred for Roddy Piper. Yeah. Um. And then Savage hits a, uh, it's his big, big elbow drop from the top. And I, I thought that was that's this over, you know, because everyone knows that's Sa- Savage's uh, his uh, his go-to move for winning the old match. But uh, his knee, his knee couldn't handle the impact. Yeah. So uh, he's he's delayed in getting that cover in because that knee that knee's hurting. He's he's shown a weakness to Bret Hart. Not a smart move. No. And uh, it cost him this match because he couldn't get that three count. Um. And then Bret Hart uh, locks in the old sharpshooter, and uh, Miss Elizabeth comes running out. Um Was she really a big part in? I know she was a big part in Savage's career early on, but was she a big part in WCW? Yeah, 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 yeah. She would have been. Yeah, she hadn't come out with him for the start of this match. No, no. Which would have been.
0: And Savage weren't really together then. She was more with Lex, but like she was, she was still hanging around the Macho a bit too.
1: Okay, right. Because I, I was obviously from watching. WRF, I always associate those two as coming out together No, oh, she was just being a bit of a cunt to be honest um, well she comes out to try and make make the save here for, for Savage to make up for all the uh, leaving them for Lex Luger who, you know she didn't go out with him either in his match so no. maybe she was just tired that day I don't know she comes running out maybe she wanted a uh, closer look at Bre. who knows yeah, maybe, maybe. Possible. Maybe that's that her deal. She was just sick of the macho man and wanted a, a younger guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, she comes running out and uh, she gets in Piper's face. Why do people keep getting in Piper's face here? It's a dangerous move, isn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, the guy's a bit unstable. That Everyone knows that. I mean, stop pushing him.
0: Like, you know, he's he's a crazy man that wears a kilt. He could hurt you if he needs to.
1: Yeah, well, she does that, and then obviously that that has Piper distracted, and Brett hits an old uh, low blow on on Randy Savage. Nice and low. And then went all the way north and south. Yeah, and then then he punches uh, Piper in the back of the head. I don't, like what you've just low blowed the other guy. Why are you punching the ref in the back of the head? He's the one you need to to get the victory here. Maybe he just so, a nice looking spot to hit him or something. I don't know. Yeah, he he just seems to really hate Piper. Um but uh yeah, he's hit Piper in the back of the head and it then it it gets shown that he's wearing I don't know if they're brass knuckles or what, but he's wearing something on his on his nooks. Yeah. Yeah. Savage then takes off him. And then Hogan comes out and attacks Savage, obviously to re- repay Brett for Brett helping him out. Yeah. And then Brett taps uh Brett locks him up in the sharpshooter and he taps out. Hogan did um,
0: a really good um, escape job there, didn't he? Going on the knees. That was brilliant. Yeah. It was a great escape see, from Hogan.
1: See, again, you know, Savage showing people that he has weak knees. Hogan came out and targeted those as well. You know, you, yeah, like Hogan's you, a- can't be, you can't be doing that all the time.
0: No. And Hogan's a shark, man. He he'll he'll go for whatever he can.
1: Especially back then, yeah. There was no there was no saying his prayers and eating vitamins back then. Oh, no, he was dancing with the devil he, then. Any means necessary for that man. Any means necessary. So,
0: as a match, thumbs up or thumbs down for you?
1: Oh yeah, class match. Loved it.
0: Very good story told. Um, the They could have easily, I mean, you got two great wrestlers there, they could have went for the technical classic that they probably would have had, without a doubt that they would have had. But because it was a grudge match, there was a good story told um, and they didn't try and make it all about technical, you know, wrestling itself. But at the same time, there was lots of really good technical stuff in it too.
1: Yeah, well, you have to, like, if you're in a grudge match, you can't just be trying to throw on uh, headlocks and, arm bars and stuff the whole time you know if it's a grudge match you're going to be hitting there's there's emotions there as well you know you're going to be hitting pile drivers really nicely yeah you want to be hitting pile drivers and big elbows and fighting wherever you can especially if the ref's not going to do anything about it yeah yeah it's a, it's a free pass yeah so you yeah, know really good match really enjoyed that um uh So far, there hasn't like this whole pay per view so far had been pretty pretty good. Obviously, Bischoff and Vince McMahon is a bit stale because it's not live, so like you already know what the outcome of that is. But um, other than that, and the Lex Luger match, every match has been like solid on this. Yeah, definitely. Um, then that led to uh, the main event, um, which was uh, Hall and Nash. Versus uh the Giant and Sting. Yeah. Um it's a bit weird, they didn't they didn't have their main title defended on this show at all. No, no not at all. Uh Hogan's the champion at this point, is he? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose he just came out in the grudge match before that, but it's a it's a strange one not to have your your world title defended on a on a pay per view. Well Hogan's obviously just getting back from Hollywood doing a movie, you know. He only has a
0: chance to stop by and just help his old pal Brett like.
1: Yeah. That must be it. But um Yeah, so this match, it's a, it's a tag team match for the the world tag titles. Again, nice nice old old school titles again. Beautiful, yeah. Um this was kind of weird because I don't know who was who was the faces and who was the heels in this? I didn't really get this. Well,
0: it's it there's none like it's funny because the joint is obviously a heel because he's with NWO. The original. But he's with Sting. Sting is WCW, but they're both sides. Both the NWO and the Wolfpack are trying to get him to sign for them. He's basically been told by management that he has to go and do this match because he obviously wants revenge on Scott Hall because they had a bit of a deal. Um okay. so a bit of a cluster. It is a bit of a cluster. This is around the time that it started being a bit of a cluster with the NWO situation. But, um, yeah, so th- that's that's the only explanation I can really give you there.
1: Okay, well, Giant was seven foot four back then. Oh. Uh, he's pro- he, He's progressively shrunk. Each uh, every couple of years. He was seven foot two. It's gravity, man. Gravity. Yeah. He's gotten smaller and I think he's only seven foot now. So um poor fella. You know. He's still got a bit of height though. Yeah, he's still a tall, tall lad, but I mean I'd say being seven foot now, he misses being seven foot four. Definitely, man.
0: And and a and a trimmer seven foot four too.
1: Yeah doing a he didn't do it in this match but uh, he was known to do uh, an old springboard back then oh yeah probably probably a good idea he stopped doing that wouldn't be able to do that now maybe that's why he's not 7'4 anymore yeah maybe maybe that maybe he knocked his head on the ceiling or something
0: well gravity as well
1: man gravity is a hell of a son of a bitch did you not know that it is but like he's pretty tall and doing a springboard like what if he knocked his head on the ceiling and like crushed his spine down a couple of inches it's very possible it is maybe that's why he stopped doing it oh you think that makes it yeah so the, this match is weird because the crowd is like cheering for everyone except Giant Yeah. so cheering cheering cheer Sting cheering Hall and Nash with Dusty Rhodes but booing him kind of it was kind of weird there's no um, going to yeah, nobody likes the Giant. No, he's a son of a bitch, man. Yeah, so it just starts off as kind of a... As any old tag team match starts, Sting and... Sting and Scott Hall start off this one. Um, obviously, I didn't know that they had some sort of deal before that, but obviously, they must have, a, as you said, they had some sort of a altercation earlier. No, a lot earlier in the night, and but at some point, because... Hall hasn't been around for a while now. Yeah. So obviously before that had some sort of issue. Um but Sting, Sting starts getting beaten down. Um a good bit by both Hall and Nash. Um and then the ref falls over Sting. Uh that was pretty funny. That was. Didn't really add didn't add anything to anything but uh, it made me laugh. Uh But um yeah Sting's just getting beaten down, beaten down, beaten down. Um, and then he gets put in this a bear hug which uh, is a good effective move but it looked really weird because Nash had him up so that he was holding him in the air but then let him down so he was like standing on the ground and then it kind of just looked like Nash was just holding up a mate who was like completely hammered and he was like come on man we'll get you in this taxi here yeah. it didn't, really, didn't look effective anymore it just looked like Sting was like hammered. And uh Nash was trying to help him back and the ref just left him there for ages. Didn't didn't check to see if he was uh wasn't asking did he want to submit, wasn't raising his arm or anything. Just left ages and then went, Oh, I better better check on that lad. And uh he did the old lift the arm once, lift the arm twice, lift the arm the third time, and had Sting Sting kept it up that third time. It always takes them three turns.
0: Yeah, uh, a little bit annoying when they do that. Yeah,
1: like, uh, why does it always take three? Why can't it just take two one time?
0: It's just it's just the way the world works, man. Unfortunately.
1: But um, yeah, eventually Sting fights back, uh, and tags in the giant, who uh, the crowd all cheer for that. But then, then they seem to realize that wait, no, we don't like him. I think they cheered because they liked Sting and he wasn't getting beaten up anymore. Well yeah. But then they realized, Oh no, wait, we don't like this guy. So they started booing then. Which was really weird.
0: Yeah, it and, was weird, but it was yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs> like I don't what I didn't watch WCW and this was weird to me, so maybe it made sense if you were watching all the time, but uh Yeah, Giant goes on a bit of a a bit of a run. And then goes for a splash off the top rope. Uh, Always a dangerous move. But even more dangerous if the guy's, you know, seven foot four and, you know, 400 plus pounds. You don't want that landing on you. No, no. Uh, And thankfully for Kevin Nash, it didn't land on him. He got out of the way. He did, yeah. yeah. He rolled out of the way. And then Dusty Rhodes gets up and distracts the ref. Uh, presumably, so that you know Nash can cheat a bit here and get the the big seven foot four guy down. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, then Hall jumps in with the title belt, and he smashes Kevin Nash in the back of the head with it. Yeah. Um, wasn't expecting that. And then that's the end of it. Giant and Sting win via uh, via pinfall. And Sting looked really confused, like I was, like everybody was. I think
0: Sting was as confused as everyone was.
1: Yeah. Um, And then Scott Hall and the Giant seem to be pretty friendly now. Yeah. And commentary said that Sting had to make a decision whether he was joining the NWO on Monday. Yeah.
0: Um, Like he doesn't really know what to do about that decision here.
1: Yeah, well, he didn't know what to do about it before, and now it looks like Scott Hall has left the good guy NWO and joined the bad guy NWO.
0: That's exactly it.
1: Yeah, too many NWOs.
0: A lot of NWOs here,
1: but um, yeah, this was a this match wasn't great or anything, but it doesn't feel like it was meant to be. It feels like it was all meant to be just about this this payoff at the end of Scott Hall coming back and joining and turning on Kevin Nash. I assume they'd always been together. So when they first broke off from Hogan and the NWO to make the new NWO, they'd broken off together, had they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, yeah. Okay, yeah. So this was a big deal for Scott Hall to turn on Kevin Nash then, was it? Oh, huge deal, yeah. Like, they were the oh. outsiders then. Yeah, but I didn't know if they'd broken apart before this. Like the NWO, well, there's already two NWOs now. I didn't know had there been three or four by this stage and Scott Hall had been in a different one or
0: No, no, no. So that obviously um finishes that pay per view. Um first first pay per view in, um overall, you sound like you were pretty pleased with the with the content that you watched.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this pay per view.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean that's one thing WCW was known for, um, you know, more so than WWE was. Was its actual bell to bell in ring stuff? Um, you know, it's so many great workers there, and um, the smaller ring, obviously different kind of setup. Looking to WWE, so it's always good to see something that looks a bit different. You can see AEW kind of have that similar look in a modern way, um, almost. And um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. So
1: it's actually yeah. Good.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, it was a good.
1: Experience. Yeah, it was a good experience to go back and watch uh, like a full WCW, albeit being confused by bits and pieces of it. Um, but I think that wasn't just from not having watched the weekly shows because what I've read, most people seem confused by stuff at certain points in this. But uh, as you said, like whatever about all the confusion and stuff, the in-ring stuff was like this. Most of those matches were of a really high standard. And, you know, the couple that weren't, you know, you're always going to get that. You're not, not everything can be top top quality all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's
0: definitely, it's going to be something else that we're going to, we're going to delve into more in the future. And we're going to be watching a lot more of it. Um, but it's now your turn to give me my pay-per-view
1: that I have to, uh, that we're going to talk about in two weeks. Yeah. So I didn't pick, I'm not going to pick something WCW because obviously we've just done that. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't know which ones have anything on them, so I'm just going to steer away from that, and I'm going to stick with the with old WWF. Um, I don't want to go with anything that's you know, like I don't want to go with like WrestleMania 17 or anything like that. Those like we've all watched that however many times, and you kind of already know what's on it. Sure. Yes. So I kind of wanted to go with just like. An obscure pick. Um so I just went with one of their old pay per views, uh fully loaded two thousand. Oh, okay. Now I can't remember what's on this. I just remember that there was one and I remember that I did enjoy it when I watched it back then. So as we said at the start, it's it's interesting to go back and watch it again and see see what I think of it now and see what you think of it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I can take the reins on this one then the next time because I I honestly can't remember this pay-per-view. I Uh, can't remember it either. I just remember I enjoyed it
1: back then. Did it have like dice
0: or something on the front of the cover of it?
1: I I think that's that one. Yeah. I think that's the loaded one, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't, that could be something else. Yeah, I think think it might be.
0: Um, I'm always good at remembering little things like that, so. And um, we'll, yeah, that's that's a good show. I'm happy to watch that, obviously. Um, yeah, cool. We're obviously going to revisit that in two weeks. In fact, um, yeah, I think we, we, we won't do it this next week, we'll we'll do our usual stuff next week because there's a lot to talk about, and then the following yeah. we'll do fully loaded. That sounds
1: good. Yeah, it gives you a bit of time to, to watch it as well because obviously it's two and a half to three hours that you need to set aside. Exactly, exactly, and it's and uh, you know you have other things to do you've you've your main podcast to do as well, so
0: yeah, I'm a busy guy, I'm a busy guy, there going to be lots of stuff coming up, but look, this is the second uh, episode of this show. I'm happy with how it's going it's it's fun for us, um uh, we don't have to put too much pressure on ourselves, it's nice, and you know it's nice to be able to just talk about um different stuff and always go back as I say this is kind of good for both of us to kind of go back and look at you know as as we mentioned pay-per-views that we we wouldn't have known before or did know and hadn't revisited yeah yeah yeah. so it's good to revisit this kind of stuff and obviously now um, we've got you on on the WCW train that you've seen some of it so I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing more of that kind of stuff as well so
1: yeah well some of it some of it I could do without seeing again but yeah
0: well in terms of the matches you didn't have a problem with them as you just mentioned so
1: (laughs) yeah but uh, some of them you know the more confusing it gets the the more that throws me off because I can't work out what's going on I don't like that when I'm confused because it kind of distracts me from what's going on in the match well the funny thing about it is is that it probably still makes
0: more sense than a lot of WWE stuff these days so there you go. Um, but look, on that note, we'll uh, we, we'll wrap up here. This has been a cool podcast. Um, it's definitely been, as I say, an exciting one for me. It's been a bit of crack, and uh,
1: yeah. I yeah,
0: like it when they listen to it. I'm sure they will, and if they don't, I'm sure they'll switch off. So, no pressure, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, if
0: they switch off, they'll miss fully loaded in two weeks. Yeah, and and they won't enjoy that. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, Ted. For me, it's dynamo over and out. And have you figured out your tagline yet? Uh,
1: no. <laughs> oh. Uh, I spent more time watching this than I put it. Out. I didn't put any time into uh thinking of any sort of sign-off tagline. Maybe um, a
0: thing each week we're going to be looking hashtag help Ted find a tagline or
1: something. Yeah, if somebody else just does that bit, like if somebody else does the work, and then just tells me it, that that'd suit me way better.
0: Yeah, like it'll probably probably will. Yeah, so we'll, 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 let's let's help Ted get a get a tagline, and uh, hopefully by this stage next week he has one. <laughs> but um, Ted, as always, it's a pleasure, my man, and I will see you again, same place, same time next week.
1: Yeah, man. See you
0: then. Over and out.